there, weary traveler. Welcome to the inn. Sit, sit, rest your feet. Why, it's a long journey on the road to Tarvalon. Have a cup of tea. Or maybe a frothy ale. The light. Why, you're just in time for the entertainment. Here are your hosts, Tracy and Amber. My way is best, softly, softly, in the shadows. Mogidian. Hello and welcome back. I am here with my good friend Tracy. I'm here with my delightful friend Amber. And this is the road to Tarvalin today, talking about Lilin Morale, the spider, and my personal favorite of the Forsaken. For now, for can now, change. Mm-hmm. McGideon. McGideon. <laughs> I wrote in my notes, Lilin. I don't give a fuck about a third name. Morale. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. Because, <laughs> like, the more I was reading about her, and there's not a lot on her from the Age of Legends, it feels like, but I feel like there's also a lot given to kind of speculate about her. Mm-hmm. But her actions do not in any way speak to me about somebody who is concerned with, like, gathering public approval so that she can get a third name. And I like it. Have you ever seen the movie Falling Down with Michael Douglas? No. No, I haven't. I know which one you're talking about, though. It's 90s. (laughs) Let me set the stage. It's this guy driving to work, having a bad day, stuck in a traffic jam, and just like everything bad that could happen to him happens and for lack of a better word, he just goes postal and pretty much goes on like a murder spree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's kind of how I see Mo Gideon. Like she was in this job that she probably didn't feel any real attachment to. And she's just like, yeah, well, I'm here. She's probably skimming some bucks off the top. A little insider trading. We I don't think know. That's definite. I feel like that's a definite. <laughs> I really, really do. I do. Right? And like I just, violating ethics. Like she just to me, my my headcanon is that she just doesn't care. Right. It's not like Or she gets a thrill out of like fooling everyone that she can with the yeah, way that or she's that behaving. Even. Mm-hmm. Something about her though to me reads like snapping, you know? Like she was mm. just over it. But I guess that could be my own personal bias because when I think of like having a job and investments, that's what I would do. I would lose it. I would turn to the shadow in a heartbeat. Yes. Like enough. Enough. I, I actually worked as an investment advisor for a little while and I've worked in investment management companies and places like Lincoln Life, Lincoln Financial, and the setting for this like especially when I was working at my one job which was like fairly swanky and had like a really nice office like I can see her that corner office in a skyscraper staring out the window being like hmm how can I be my most outrageous self today how can I do that that's what Mm -hmm. I see two different 
two different theories and I like them both. Mm-hmm. The other thing that really got me about this is like she's young. I mean young, quote unquote, comparatively. Like she's only like 200 years old. And she is also an Aes Sedai. But I don't really think that like that's the part of her that she identifies with. It's almost like, like, oh, okay, cool, whatever I can channel. I guess I'm an Aes Sedai. Great. Like... And just like it's like at the bottom of her resume, you know, like she doesn't care about it that much, but she's only like 200. And her channeling capabilities aren't that high, Mm -hmm. all things considered. And we're talking about the age of legends here where people were were considerably much more powerful in the one hour. Mm hmm. So maybe, yeah, it is at the bottom of her resume. She's just like, "Eh, you know, trickle here, trickle there. Mm hmm. Yeah, and like, like how put this gif of what is that Leonardo DiCaprio just like flinging money out into the ocean? Like, that's kind of how I see her: is that young, hungry, lap of luxury, all for me? Fuck the rules. Hmm. Yeah, and getting away with it. And when she doesn't, okay, that's the other mental image that I have now of her too, is her like sitting in front of an ethics committee with like a team of lawyers being like, oh yeah, come at me. That's the other yeah. thing that I have of her now. Well, it's interesting because she's, I mean, her name alone, the spider. Mm-hmm. Her personality to a fault is avoid taking risks or gambling. Mm-hmm. So when I'm trying to think of, how she was before turning to the shadow was it different than that was it more in line with kind of waiting in the shadows and doing things Mm. stealthily Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i don't know well i mean if it is like if that's like a long time part of her personality then i wonder how much she didn't get caught for because we like in the and the information about her history, it says that as an investment advisor, she was called out for her, like, what, is it, what does it say? Like, lack of ethics? She was cautioned a number of times, even disciplined for violating its ethics and laws surrounding it. Yes, yes, that's what I was looking for. But yeah, I just, I love this, I love this uh, Age of Legends power suit like I see her in a power suit and everything I just love 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 this I love this I don't know I don't see her as power hungry in any way Mm -hmm. more like I don't know when you get when you give someone the name the spider Mm -hmm. it's almost like you toy with you toy with things that mm-hmm. you think you can get away with. She's definitely not in the out in the open doing things, taking risks. But, you know, like playing with your food before you eat it type mm-hmm. of person. Yeah. Where if she thinks she's safe, heck yeah, she's going to do what she's going to do and violate ethics and laws, whatever. Mm-hmm. But the moment that there's a spotlight shown on her she's gonna crawl right back into the shadows Mm -hmm. and I love that for her like I love the fact that her story is one that we receive a lot of throughout the entire it really is and that is not the case with so many of the forsaken like we spend a good chunk of time with Mogidian and getting to know how she acts 
Mm -hmm. And I think thinking about her in the Age of Legends is really interesting. And it's just another one of those characters where I'm like, yep, I want to see, I want to see those flashbacks from all of the Forsaken that they mentioned in the television show. I want to see the outfits. I want to see the look. Like, I just feel like it would make these characters so much more well-rounded and Mm -hmm. easier to relate to, maybe. I mean, obviously, you don't always relate to the bad guys, but I think that's when you can make a bad guy feel like a really well-rounded character, is when you can kind of, like, put your finger on something like, yeah, that, that makes sense. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like I really like I felt a different connection to Mo Gideon than I had before. Like just having worked with a bunch of different investment advisors and whatnot, they're like a breed unto themselves. They're I don't know. The the luxury aspect of it, I think, was probably like to me, I think and I don't really think this is like in the series anywhere. I think there's like just a teeny tiny bit of a comment that like I read when I was going through things that made me think that she might be like this or like she likes her luxuries like she likes things to be comfortable for her but I don't know if that's something because I mean Grendel obviously goes to like extreme lengths for what she likes but I don't think Gideon is quite as hardwired to want to establish something like that for herself until she feels like, she can be in full control of it, if that makes sense. Uh, I think so. I think so. Yeah. I just, I don't see her as flamboyant, maybe. I definitely see her as, like, more bold, I think, in, like, Age of Legends pre-becoming part of the Shadow. Like, okay, I think that just comes into play because of her getting caught you know like maybe there were just a few places where she got a little overconfident and those are lessons learned that then when she became like a representative of the shadow she was like okay I know where to not step this time yeah that makes sense and her when she lets her guard down it does cause problems for her she does she does take risks in her own way but when we get to the spoilers, we can talk about that for sure because mm-hmm. she's got some good moments. Mm-hmm. I agree. Like her, like you said, her storyline is so long <laughs> in the series. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. So let's see. Let's the look of Mo Gideon. She's described as a handsome woman with dark hair. She typically wears only red and black. Mm-hmm. And she was one that went to the shadow long before the War of Power. Mm-hmm. And what I love about her is that she managed to keep her alliance a secret until the war had been going on for numerous years. Mm-hmm. And then during this time, she is acting as this spy or provocateur, and she has successfully build the ranks within Luz Theron's command and mm-hmm. staff. So 
as she's doing this, she's responsible for major disasters in these early years of the war power. Mm-hmm. And it can all be pointed to Mo Gideon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I love that. Mm-hmm. Like, it just say what you want about Lanfear, say what you want about Grendel. Like, I don't know. To me, this feels interesting. This Mm. feels new. This feels Mm -hmm. a little bit exciting. Mm -hmm. And maybe I just have a thing for Spycraft, but... (laughs) You and me both. You say the word espionage, and I'm like, yes, yes. Ears perk up, (laughs) right? (laughs) What did you say? Spy ring? I'm in. Right? Tell me more. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, I mean... I don't want to keep saying this every time we do an episode, but I just, I would love to see it on the TV show. I would love for them to bring back the loose there and actor and, mm-hmm. you know, you just see this kind of simple looking woman in the background and mm-hmm. later on you see her and it's revealed that she's a forsaken. That would be cool. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. They probably don't have enough time. Uh, Amber, <laughs> I have to like rein myself in sometimes. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I I love your ambition of what you'd like to see happen. Mm, there's so much. Same, same, same. And I mean, I think a lot could be done with the show if they gave it room to also include more of the Age of Legends. But I think, I mean, it's been a while since I've heard anything, but. I know there was, like, talk of it, there being, like, Age of Legends movies being made, so maybe that content will be fleshed out differently at that time, and boy, would I love to see it. I think it would be amazing. Like, Well, the person who's writing those accents, I could see him writing this in a very, like, Hollywood <laughs> way, where, like, big budget... Bigger actors, mm-hmm. probably bigger than what we get in the TV show. I mean, I don't know. Like, that would be cool to see it kind of done over the top ridiculous, like an action hero movie. Mm-hmm. Because when you're thinking about the Age of Legends, that's essentially what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it is over the top. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, no, I love that idea. Maybe, maybe we'll get some of it. Who knows? I've always felt as though Wheel of Time would make a really beautiful, like, movie or TV show. There's so much to it. And I still still feel pretty okay about the first season. Just gotta hope that all the things that kind of unraveled at the end of season one are pulled neatly back together into season two. I was right. Okay, he did four. Yeah. And he did X-Men First Class, which, okay, like, all right. But he also did Rim of the World, which I thought was really fun. That was a really fun movie. Huh. So, yeah, like, I could see him making this really fun. But anyways. Mm-hmm. Mogideon. Yeah, Mogideon. And actually, Hal put this in the, in the notes, and I, like, in chat, and I just wanted to uh, touch on it, too, because... I didn't realize that she'd actually, like, managed to get herself worked into Luz Theron's ranks and was, like, kind of working from within. I think you might have already mentioned that. Did you mention mm-hmm. that? And I'm repeating you? Yeah. Um, oh, I'm I, sorry. She, she made it into his, like, command and staff 
structure. So yes. she was like in there. Yes, that's right. That's right. I felt like as I was saying, I was like, no, I think Amber already said that. <laughs> <laughs> what I do like though is that nobody knows how she was revealed to be a supporter of the side of the shadow. Well, like a big question mark. It's like, eh, nobody really knows. The other thing I was wondering is like, what is she doing inside his command? And then I was like, oh, is she like, is she fucking with the finances for the war of power? Like, is that what she's doing? Like, that would be kind of fun. Because you can't have, I mean, maybe you can in the Age of Legends, but when I think about things, like, you can't have war without money. And so if she was, like, making it so that deliveries didn't get made because bills didn't get paid, because the funding wasn't there, and just like, oh, I don't exactly. know how that happened. Exactly. That's, like, one of the biggest, I don't know, like, guerrilla warfare tactics almost. It's maybe not guerrilla warfare, but... Financial warfare? Well, I'm just thinking about how, like, if you work in a factory or something, it's like you don't tighten the bolts. You right. Know, like, any little thing that you can do mm -hmm. to help the war effort mm -hmm. in terms of, like, sabotage, mm -hmm. then that is... It's a perfect, it's a perfect job for Mo Gideon. Absolutely. This is what she is born for. Mm -hmm. In the shadows, not making big moves, but sabotaging things. Mm -hmm. That is a great, that is a great thing for her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like that, that's the part that felt really right to me where I was like, mm -hmm. she could be messing with their money. She could be messing with their money. And if you mess with their money, oof, repercussions. I mean, she's, yeah. like, she's responsible for, I don't, I don't even know if they gave, like, a number or anything, but, like, the death count because of her involvement is high. But she was never, like, a general. She was never on the field of battle. And I was like, what is she, what is she good at? And then also, like, her, like, spying and everything. Like, if she's in charge of finances, she's probably also aware of just about any movement that would be happening on Luce Theron's side, I would think. Yeah, and this is assuming that they actually used money in the Age of Legends. True, true, yeah. It's not, not everything is paid for with goodwill and chore tree plantings. <laughs> <laughs> now, when things went down, she barely escaped capture, and this mm -hmm. is when she was revealed to be a supporter of the Shadow. Yeah. We'll have to talk about that a little bit later mm -hmm. in the spoiler section. So, <laughs> this is going back to her sabotaging, mm -hmm. but, like, all of these people were killed in a diversion during this escape for her. Mm-hmm. And it was a matter of sabotaging the public transport system. Wow. And all I could think of was V for Vendetta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I think, though, that when we get to her and I want to say, like, her introduction uh -huh. into the series, like, all of these things that you learn about her from her background, it fits. Yeah. Like, to a T, I feel like, where some of the other Forsaken, not so much. Yes. Like, we have ones that change mm -hmm. drastically. Mm -hmm. And, like, with her, it just feels like she is who she is. And mm -hmm. she'll always be who she is. Mm -hmm. 
and which like is a natural born skulker <laughs> <laughs> and everybody looks over her like everyone just kind of is like eh, it's Megidian. she's really not that important and that's the that's the persona that she creates for herself like pay no attention to me i'm not really here you know mm-hmm. and i I think she actually pulls it off really, I think she pulls it off really well, better than most of the other Forsaken. And she doesn't go over the shadow because she's jealous of Luz Theron. Like, this is true. I, I, I don't even know if she does it because she, like, I mean, I'm assuming it's because she wants power. I mean, why else would you do it? Boredom? Yeah, like, the more you can mess with, see what, like, you're, you're, you're a fan of chaos. <laughs> well that's that's exactly that's exactly Mogidian. I mean mm-hmm. I have a whole section here for the spoiler parts about her and chaos and mm-hmm. how well it goes together. But yeah, like I think like a spider playing with its food. I mean, she does things sometimes, I think, to see like if she can push mm-hmm. the boundaries mm-hmm. to see if she's able to do stuff mm-hmm. that others can't mm-hmm. while she's still kind of holding a grudge that others are more successful and are more out in the open mm-hmm. and she doesn't like that i think she wishes she was considered brave and powerful but she's not she's mogidian but there is a quiet power within her from the shadows that i do appreciate mm-hmm. and i think that's what makes her my favorite, I guess. She's definitely moved up in my ranks as far as like, I mean, I don't really know if I have like a favorite Forsaken or not, but I think, I think Mogidian's definitely like moved up there. I like looking at characters more with you because like oftentimes you have appreciations for them that I haven't really thought of and I love that. But I do, I want to ask a question, and I'm, I hope we don't take too much time because I want us to be able to still move into f- spoilers probably shortly. But we've talked about, like, how she's considered, or her power and, like, her ability to channel is less than, I think, all of the other Forsaken. And I have to wonder, and I'm wondering how you would feel about this, how much do you think that that bothers her? Because I don't think it bothers her. No. Mm-mm. Same. Yeah. I feel like for her, it's like... Like, if she, if she was worried about displaying her power as a channeler, like, she wouldn't have become an investment banker where I bet she doesn't channel a whole heck of a lot. Like, she uses her right. brain, her intellect, her surroundings to... Mm-hmm dominate a situation even if it's like from the background and i'm i'm like maybe this isn't such a detriment the way that it keeps kind of being pushed on us through reading like oh mcgideon's not that powerful that's why she hangs out in the shadows and like i don't really know if that's the whole reason like i'm sure it has something to do with it but i don't think it's the entire thing if that's the case then in this world, the only intimidating people are powerful channelers, and that's just mm-hmm. not the case. Mm-hmm. Like, it really isn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have characters from all different ranks, all different nations, all different power levels doing incredible things, 
I mean, and we have that same situation on the side of the shadow with Mo Gideon. Mm-hmm. Like, just because she wasn't as powerful as some of the other Forsaken, that does not mean that she didn't kill as many people. Mm-hmm. A lot of them just, like, <laughs> helpless victims. Yeah. But, I mean, she was just as deadly as the rest. And, mm-hmm. I mean, what do you, what can you say about that? Like, I, mean, I think it's... Did I anyone... She's, I'm sorry. I don't know. Go ahead. I was just going to say, did anyone else manage to infiltrate the dragon's ranks? I mean, I don't know of another Forsaken that did that. That seems pretty badass to me. Like, if you want to take something down, take it from the inside. Right. We had Lanfear, who was just chasing the dragon. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) And then we have Mogideon, who is like, oh, like, no, I've actually infiltrated him. So, uh. Yeah. Maybe she knows. I mean, I'm sure she knows. If she was that close to Luce Theron, I'm sure she knows how Lanfear pined and, mm. I don't know, made a, made a fool of herself. Right? <laughs> I guess I don't All the time. That. All the time. Uh, yeah. No, I think that that's a fair thing to say. Yeah. And I mean, she's a very capable intimidating force Mm -hmm. on the side of the shadow i think so yeah but i just i i find her really fascinating this uh age of legends image of mogidian is so different for me than like how i see her in the third age i think that's another thing that i i like about this is i think up until Maybe even the show or rereading it with you, like costume or how a person dressed kind of just went back and forth pretty similarly. Like Age of Legends, they dressed similarly to how they dress in the third age. And that's just silly. So going like with the way that the show did costumes and stuff, like I loved that kind of like clean line style that got shown in the one episode. And putting Mogideon, the way that she's described, this shoulder-length hair, this handsome but not beautiful woman, like, put her in one of those, like, clean-lined suits, and I just, I just love her. (laughs) (laughs) You like that? I do! I do! I always saw, like, However, her costuming was done. I would like to see lace, but it's done in a way that it's almost jagged, resembling like a spider web. Mm-hmm. So, like, it doesn't have to be a focal point, but just some of that incorporated somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like a touch of it here and there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I will say this before we go to spoilers, I did want to point out and I did want to mention because I do think it's important. That probably out of all the Forsaken, Mogideon is the one who can hold hold a grudge like none other. Mm-hmm. Like if you discount her, then good luck to you because she will come after you. Like she will make it her life's mission mm-hmm. <laughs> to find you and make you pay. So yes. I think like she is petty. She is petty that way. But I mean, mm-hmm. all the Forsaken, and- you know, have lovely qualities, right? <laughs> like so <laughs> yeah I just I get a kick out of her like I 
I think if I would have worked in her office, I would have wanted to be part of like her girl gang. <laughs> be like, you look like fun. No. Let's hang out. <laughs> what is it like that? Like gaslight gatekeep girl boss. <laughs> uh, I just that, think that's she... what would be going on in her office, though. That would be mm-hmm. scary. That would be scary to work for her. Gosh, could you imagine her as a boss? <gasps> I can't. I would be terrified. Yeah. Yeah. Terrified. You know what, though? Maybe it's, I, I just, I can't stop speculating about her. I just can't stop. We'll have to pull me into spoilers. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, if you like what you hear, rate and review us anywhere you listen to the podcast. This helps new listeners find the show. This podcast is brought to you by you. If you'd like to fund the show and receive cool stuff while doing it, check out The Road to Tarvalin on Patreon. All tiers can join us weekly for live recordings on our Discord server. Lastly, our Wheel of Time shop has a new web address and international shipping is finally live. Find all the links in our show notes and thanks for listening and joining us on The Road to Tarvalin. So spoilers. Spoilers? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Good Lord, Mogidian is in this series so long. I know, I know. I, I've the gone through and I was like pulling through. all of, yes, I was pulling all of these interesting attributes about her and I was like, wow, like it just keeps going. Keeps so, going. Yeah. She's skilled in Balefire, obviously. Right. Mm-hmm. Compulsion, obviously. Mm-hmm. She has the weave for keeping, which I love this one because... You can't do it on, like, a living being. It would kill mm. it, but it's pretty much like a weave for preservation, like mm-hmm. a way to make sure your food doesn't go bad, which mm-hmm. I think during the Age of Legends, that would have been probably really important. Really important. And probably one of the reasons why it is said that it was such a great, wonderful experience, because if people weren't hungry, if people didn't want for food, like, that is... It was a huge step <laughs> that we are not dealing with today even. <laughs> so, I mean. Yeah. Still got a long way to go before we, re- we reach that Age of Legends level. But mm-hmm. she also helped Egwene figure out the weave for making Fiendiar. Yes. Yes. I'm glad that you brought that up. She can mask the fact that she can channel, which I think is a very cool one. Mm. because mm-hmm. let's face it if you're a female channeler and you're around any Aes Sedai they're gonna know mm-hmm. they're gonna mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. she okay so on the flip side she does not know very much of healing or cloud dancing mm-hmm. or changing the weather mm-hmm. and although she does not have the ability for talents and can't perform some of the weaves, like some of the ones that were lost, like during the Age of Legends, there are a handful that she does know. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Like the one for aligning the matrix. And that is this weave that's used to strengthen metal. Mm. And we think this is something that goes into making power rot weapons. 
which comes later in the series with Karen. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's a lot. And Spinning Earth Fire and Milking Tears. Mm-hmm. And there's from what I from what I from what I read, there's no real understanding or description of what milking tears is, mm-hmm. but to me it sounds like the use of weaves to control emotions or so maybe something similar to a compulsion, like a type of compulsion. Mm-hmm. A branch of it, maybe. Interesting. Well, and like some of the things that she does, I feel, especially like her eavesdropping, I feel like that was probably something that she enjoyed using in her investment banker days. But that's one of the things she got caught for. Eavesdropping. You know, I'm thinking here if you wanted someone to make an investment, if you could somehow bolster their confidence or their boldness, mm-hmm. that would be really helpful. Like, are you in on this? You want to make this deal? Like, mm-hmm. feeling good about it? Yeah. <laughs> nudge, nudge. Okay, sign here on the line. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah, she didn't necessarily have to be, like, a really strong channeler to be a really effective Forsaken. Like, the things that right? she she knew and knows, like, it all just kind of feeds to make her... I mean, she's one of the very few Forsaken that survive. I mean, she does get captured. She becomes a domine, right? Yeah. So my humble opinion, her living at the end, her outlasting the rest of the Forsaken really fits. The Lanfear revelation to me didn't feel as good as the Mogidian kind of like scurrying off even though she's captured Mm -hmm. i feel like she is the obvious choice Mm -hmm. of all the forsaken who has a chance Mm -hmm. at survival who has a chance at getting out of this who has the intellect yep to maybe be able to work out a way to free herself Mm -hmm. and i mean when we we can go into it a little bit later, or we can go into it now. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. I don't care. We're jumping all over the place, and I don't mind at all. Cool. There's so okay. much to talk about, because she's, like, in every, she's, like, in every book. Like. Yeah. It, I was just like, oh, my gosh, I'm kidding. You are here. And the things that she goes through, like, that's the other reason that, to me, she makes sense for being a survivor is, like, what she has gone through. Like. I hadn't really read her scene where she had been captured and given to Shadar Haran. Like, I had not read that as, like, a scene of sexual abuse, I think. And, um, like, reading it, like, through different threads and stuff when I was, like, looking into her, it was, like, other people had felt the same way and were like, wow, like, this happens way more often in the series than I was aware of. And I think Shadar Haran does the same thing to Masana as well and uses that tactic of... Yeah, I definitely... Can we... Let's go back to that. I just want to touch on... Yeah, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Before we skip on from 
for survival, I mm-hmm. guess. Because one of these quotes that I found that really, I don't know, it, it made me kind of scratch my head where I was like, hmm, hmm. Mm-hmm. So the big white book says, it is said that her greatest asset was her ability within the world of dreams, Teleron Riode. Mm-hmm. Within its dimensions, her skills surpassed even Lanfear's, despite the latter's claim. Mm-hmm. She, dare ne- she dared never confront or challenge Lanfear in the world of flesh, for there she could not hope to match Lanfear's superior strength. Mm-hmm. So... Hmm. If you ask me... Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you ask me... And I would. Kind I of would. Makes, <laughs> it kind of makes the Lanfear parent thing a little, a little off to me, unless mm-hmm. you can point to this quote and say, well, Lanfear was actually less strong in Teleronriode which therefore makes Perrin's achievements in Teleronriode even less impressive. Oh, so man. it was kind of like taking a, taking a couple <laughs> steps downward. And I'm not mm. trying to harp on this because, you know, like people can love the Land Fear reveal. That's totally fine with me. Mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to judge anyone. But I think that Mogidian, I, I don't know, it's kind of like, overkill like <laughs> you know like mogidian survives lanfear survives like right yeah i don't know it it seems like a bit much to me you know i mean granted they don't survive in an ideal way for most of them i think but they still survive so and i mean according to sanderson at least lanfear's got the world laying at her feet so that seems pretty not bad for her. Yeah, and okay, so all of this aside, you were talking about the mind trap and Shadahara. Yeah. And Forsuvra. <laughs> Who but, in the world invented something so horrible? You Robert cannot <laughs> tell me the Age of Legends was a great place when someone made that thing. I can't say it as cool yeah. as you do. It's it's pretty scary. It's probably one of my least favorite parts of the book because right? of that implication of sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Um, those are pretty much all of my least favorite moments in the book. <laughs> but I think this whole chapter is pretty it's pretty outrageous and it is pretty awful so this is crown of swords chapter 25 Mm -hmm. where we learn she's freed by halima and then we have this lone merdral like having him like push her in this one direction she goes through like this cave opening almost Mm -hmm. in sheogul and she's crawling on her hands and mm-hmm. knees and the ceiling is getting closer lower and lower yeah. and it is like a spiked ceiling mm-hmm. and when she gets you know to the point where she's flat like on her stomach mm-hmm. then Shadow Haran steps on her and he will not let her up 
So when he takes out this cage, the mind trap, he scrapes her blood and her saliva, mm-hmm. and it activates it, which mm-hmm. is, I mean, okay. Uh, but <laughs> as she's screaming, it says that she howled in agony and ecstasy. Mm-hmm. So you can read into that however you would like, Mm -hmm. but what you were saying, Tracy, Mm -hmm. like this quote here, makes me agree that that's what was happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think like a couple of the threads that I read over said that it was confirmed by Robert Jordan that that was what happened and that, I mean, I don't know. I'm not necessarily a fan um, but I, I suppose if you're talking about like torture and how to break someone, sexual assault usually stands high at the list, you know? Yeah. So yeah. it's effective. It, well, Gideon, I mean, it's weird because I think the wording around it was like she decided to let herself be broken and mm-hmm. like... I don't, I'm trying to think of like the mental work that she must have gone through to get to a point where she was like, I'm just gonna let this happen. And maybe once that happens, like this will be over. Well, that's like, just, I feel like she, in my opinion, that's a way to survive it. Yeah. Know? Like, that's just a way someone would deal with it to sort to survive something like that. Yeah. But you were saying you found a, a post somewhere online. Yeah, they're on the. And I wanted, to, I wanted to ask you about it because you're like, man, I found some things here. <laughs> it and wasn't, I was like, ooh. It wasn't tell me. even just like the way that people were talking to each other about things. Like, I read over this one really nice thread. It was so friendly and just like back and forth, and it was talking about like the the sexual assault situation. And, like, it was weird because while I was reading it, you can also see, like, kind of people's pictures off to the side, and it's like, I'm I'm assuming people's genders here, and I apologize if I am doing it incorrectly, but they all had, like, feminine, like, images for themselves, and mm-hmm. I got to this one that was, like, almost jarring in the way that it came across, where it was like, Mleh, this thing, this thing, this thing done and i was like oh that felt weird and then i look over i'm like at the avatars like dude smoking very masculine name kind of thing and i was like this was so nice until that that like it was weird so this was just an overall like vibe on social media yeah like the the threads on people's yeah like this one i think was on like tarvalin.net or something um the other one was, was like a guy going, like correcting someone on abbreviations for the world of Robert Jordan. They're like, you know, you can just put in like BWB, blah, blah, blah. And then later on, the guy was like, well, you understood me, right? And the other guy was like, well, if you're going to cry about it. And I was like, what? Why? Why? You guys were talking about Mo Gideon. Why? <laughs> Why are you attacking each other now? Like, it was just so... 
like some of the comments were so fun and thoughtful and others were just like meh and i was like why ladies and gentlemen welcome to the internet right why is the internet so awful sometimes just be <laughs> nice to each other gotta gotta keep scrolling right no i, I was totally like i'm gonna it, go though. past this now and just like there there are definitely some spaces that are I don't know. You just you have to find your spot that you like best, mm-hmm. I think. <laughs> this is what it comes down to. I do. It's with uh, you. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, yeah. Like, I don't know. It's just it's such a rough place out there where I'm like, wow, you guys are kind of mean to each other. Stop being mean to each other. And I mean the other the other big thing that I think I noticed was like the one like friendly conversation, if you will about the sexual assault was posted in 2022 and like some of the others were older in 2009 and like the way that things were talked about is there's a marked difference I think in some conversations and it's encouraging to see it's encouraging to see women talking about these subjects in fantasy material like I feel like yeah. we're still kind of a small portion of the sci-fi fantasy world out there that I love hearing more from. Yeah. the o- I guess I will say, like, the only thing about the situation in the Wheel of Time mm-hmm. that I appreciate is that it's mostly, like, alluded to and it is not in your face for the most part. But at the same time, you still have to ask the question, is it necessary? I don't know, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Just be kind. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's it just seems like I don't know. Just be kind to each other. It seems so simple. Or you know, be Mogidian and work from the shadows and take out lots of people in doing so and survive. Yeah. I don't know. So I want to talk about the Minecraft just a little oh, bit please. more because yeah. I feel like this goes hand in hand with her exit of the series absolutely mm-hmm. yeah so with this mind trap she makes a comment to herself that she doesn't know of anyone ever being let out mm. and how like rare that would be like once the mind trap is set it was impossible that she it was it was let me see she had never heard of anyone being released once a mind trap was set, but she would find a way. Mm-hmm. So when she's captured at the end of the series, her mind trap, like, this is still activated, right? Mm. Like the Corsura. You know what? I always assumed that it had been broken. Let me see here. So when Moradin shows up, Gotta scroll through my notes. I wrote so much about this <laughs> mind trap down. It's like a whole page. It's seriously a really fascinating and horrific object. The idea that you can capture someone's soul. Like the times where Mogidian says things where like she feels more than like stroking the portion that he carries around his neck that like this holds her soul. What this. this is this is why I think it's still active because she can feel like through it, and I feel like if 
it was no longer active, she would have made the thought like, oh, yay, like, good, you know, it's no longer active. But she never really makes a statement like that. Mm -hmm. And when she's trapped at the end of the series or captured by the Shanchen, she's still holding on to this thing because, in my opinion, if it was worthless now, if it didn't work, like, she just would have, like, crushed it and moved on, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, smash it, don't need it. I'm free, I'm safe. But she's still holding on to this thing, which makes me think that she has to protect it for a reason. And that makes her survival more interesting to me Mm -hmm. because if she's caught and they find this thing, then you can make someone a slave or if they have the understanding of how to recreate it then you're dealing with like <gasps> big time scary stuff happening if the shanchen knew how to make one of those <gasps> stop amber that's scary that's terrifying <laughs> oh my god <laughs> but like this is i don't know like this is what i'm saying like all of this ending with Mo Gideon to me feels like that's where all of the potential like that's where you could really milk a wild story with Lanfear. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, I. Uh, so for me, I always felt as though. Because she's connected to Moradin, right? Right. And yes. he, his soul dies, his body survives. Is there anything about. Like the end of someone's life being the end of the attachment to the Corsuvra? Or does it keep, like, is she attached to Rant now? Or is she attached to the mind trap? Like, because it was her blood and her saliva. Is she attached to it regardless of of, who holds it? Right. Like, I need to know more. But I mean, like, it's it's whoever, the victim becomes a mindless slave, right? So, like. Well, not totally mindless, because she does have that moment where she, like, bail fires the, the ship that's carrying Nynaeve, and she definitely was not supposed to. So she still can do things of her own, quote-unquote, free will, I think. But I also think, like, she feels the weight of Moradin even while she's doing this one rebellious thing. Yeah. But he has he has the ability where he could turn her into a mindless slave if he yes. wanted to. Okay, yeah. That makes sense. So it's not directly attached to a person. It's attached to the object, right? I I feel like that is I mean, that's I how think I you're interpreted right. it. Mm-hmm. No, talking it out, I think you're right. I always assumed that it was in some way also connected to the person holding it. But I think it's just, like, the contact, you know? Right. And that's why she's still holding on to this thing, you know, after all, you know, the last battle. Like, if she didn't need it, if she was in the clear, if she was safe, mm-hmm. she would have chucked that thing into the ocean. Yeah. You know? But the thing is, is if someone gets a hold of it, like, they can control her. And 
I feel a lot of sympathy for Mogidian more so than I expected, you know, going through all of this. And I think, too, that there's something just about her that if you want a good villain, you need to see all of the aspects of who she is. And I think it's good sometimes to feel a little bit of sympathy for one of the bad guys, you know? Mm-hmm. I hadn't thought about that. So this is why I think that she was let out of the mind trap in the first place. Mm -hmm. So when we were going back to her sabotaging things and all of the stuff that she had done in the War of Power, Mm -hmm. she is such a supreme Mm -hmm. character of chaos. Mm -hmm. And that's why she was let out. Mm -hmm. Because I just think that she's... She's very useful, mm-hmm. very useful, despite her strength and the one power. Yeah, I just, I don't even think she lets that slow her down. No, uh-uh. Yeah, I think, you know, whereas Lanfear feels really overconfident, I feel as though Megidian might be one, <laughs> it's weird to say this about, like, an evil person. She might be one of our most, like, level and capable and possibly even self-aware forsaken like she's driven for herself like she doesn't want to take over nations that she can rival rand in battle or anything like that she wants to survive and she wants to be at the top when she's done with it that's what she wants at least that's what it feels like to me she feels like a believable character Mm -hmm. i think is why i like her so much and not not so cartoony maybe mm-hmm. like where i'm like oh yeah like that tracks i could see someone doing that like yeah mm-hmm. she she behaves in a believable way mm-hmm. for me yeah i love that she disguises herself and travels with Nynaeve and elaine to saladar like right under their noses i mm-hmm. love that that does not feel very spider like to me that feels like a taunt in some ways. Maybe it's more that playing with your food thing. Like she. I think it's just a grudge. Nynaeve bested her. So she's like set out for payback. And Nynaeve is her target. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Nynaeve and Brigida. Did I say that mm-hmm. right? I always. Yeah. I always feel like I say her name wrong. I used to say it differently in my head. And now I don't even know what that sounded like anymore so (laughs) i said it right um but i mean that's that's actually have we are you good if we talk about her and brigida for a minute have we even gotten to that part yet we're almost now right now we haven't let's talk about it let's do it yeah 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 because like and help with this in chat too that she was the reason mogidian was found out as being a forsaken in loose there. I wish camp. we knew about I I wish what we a had story. That story. I I wish that it wasn't a mystery. Right. Pure speculation. <laughs> but she was so okay, so Brigitte in this case actually was a super sleuth administrative assistant. <laughs> <laughs> And she was going through all of Mogidian's stuff and is like, wait, 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 
But I could see Brigitte being some type of guard or watch person or something like not real high up in the rank somewhere that just walked in and saw the wrong thing at the right time and was right. like, gotcha. Ah. <laughs> and then from that moment, Mo Gideon was like, that Brigida, I'll get her for this. Right. <laughs> well, and then I was also. I'll never forgive you. Or forget you. Like somehow mm-hmm. Mo Gideon recognizes Brigida in Teleron Riot as Tedra. Tidra, mm-hmm. whatever her name was in the Age of Legends, like she somehow recognized her, even though they shouldn't have looked anything alike. And I was trying to find like, how did how did she know? How did Mogidian recognize Brigida? That's interesting because mm-hmm. I didn't expect for Brigida to look the same every thinning, mm-hmm. I guess. But mm-hmm. I guess that's just one of those oopsie moments <laughs> where it's like, eh, it doesn't really make sense, but just overlook it. Right. We're just going to go with it. Hal says magic. And I have to say that's just going to that's going to have to be the obvious answer is magic. I think the closest yeah. thing that I found online was someone saying that perhaps Mogidian's ability to use and sense Teleronrio gave her some sort of insight into Vergita and potentially like her past reincarnations or something and I was like she had like soul glasses on yeah. like, I see you <laughs> hold on a Ooh, second that's Let me... an interesting theory oh wild how says maybe aligning the matrix involves seeing souls Ooh. Lighting the Matrix is the metal one, I think. But maybe Milking Tears, maybe that's the one. Maybe that's pulling your past your lives soul. out. Mm. Interesting. That's terrifying. Right? Terrifying. Man, the Age of Legends is so much scarier than we think it was. So many of these devices, like, the, shouldn't exist. That chair? <laughs> like, that whatever chair yeah. it is that you like put people in, you channel into it and it, like tortures them for you. Who came up with that? Who was like, mm-hmm. this is a great idea. We're going to need this. Why do you need that in a utopia? Maybe though Gideon yeah. was feeling like she was fighting against an unjust system. Maybe that's how she Doubt felt. Doubt it. <laughs> What's that? I don't know. No? Doubt it. <laughs> I'm not trying to dress her up or anything. <laughs> I just like thinking of like all of these like speculative things that Mogidian could have used and seen and like what turned her into the character that she was. Like she's not she's not dumb by any means. Like she might be one of the no. most cunning people that we see in the series, I think. And maybe that's like a really high estimation, but she just feels really realistic. Yeah, and I mean, there's that. That's, I mean, the main reason why I appreciate her character. I think the other fact just comes down to simply liking her as an adversary for Nynaeve because they're such different yet similar people Mm -hmm. where Nynaeve is this incredible channeler, but she's 
maybe a little bit too brash and mm-hmm. not in control of her emotions and with her block. Like, she's trying to work through some things, and so she's not quite where she should be. Mogidian is just hell-bent on finding Nynaeve and, mm-hmm. like, winning in this one-on-one challenge with yeah. her, it seems like. Mm-hmm. And when we get to that moment in the fires of heaven, I think Nynaeve is teaching Swan and Teleronriot, and Nynaeve spots Mogidian and kind of boots Swan out of Teleronriot. Mm-hmm. Nynaeve has this moment where she is afraid, and she says, I'm so bloody tired of being afraid. Mm. And despite how angry she's trying to make herself, mm-hmm. she's too angry to think straight. And she's just, she sees her weakness in that and it's perpetuating her block. Mm-hmm. And so we have this whole back and forth between Mogidian and Nynaeve. Mm-hmm. And it is due to Mogidian's balefire that Nynaeve eventually breaks her plot. Mm -hmm. So it's like this whole story between these two characters and Brigida is usually like the third in this Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. trifecta, I guess, but she's involved a lot in this story as well. And I just think it's a really nice circular story that has like it's a good beginning a good middle a good ending Mm -hmm. and i love how that plays out throughout the entire series Mm -hmm. it's just i don't know it's a fun story and if you like Nynaeve i feel like of course that could make you hate Mogidian Mm -hmm. but in my case it makes me really appreciate Mm -hmm. Nynaeve's story therefore i'm like i love Mogidian like it's a fun character yeah it's a great character i like the way that they uh are portrayed on the page together. It's another place that feels realistic. Like, of course, Nynaeve is terrified. And I mean, this is another place where I feel as though it's it's brains over channeling ability that actually ends up having Nynaeve collaring Mogidian, right? Like, she figures right. it out. Exactly. And she fork roots her. No channeling involved. So, right. like, it's one of those... This is... It's it's beating Mogidian at her own game. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it's, an, it's another reason to appreciate how they, they connect on the page. I think it's really good. That battle, that battle in the Panarch's Palace is just always one of my favorite points in The Shadow Rising. It is Rising. so much fun. It's so much, so fun, much fun to read. Like, I feel like it could be filmed in such a cool way. And then to have, like, that one uh, Aes Sedai come down with the balefire enhancing Tarangriel that's, like, all kinds of crazy. Oh my and, gosh, it's just so cool. Ah, I can picture so cool. it so clearly. Right? <laughs> it's like, oh, gosh, it just would be so cool. I would just love to see that. I just love to see that. Same. Yeah. Same. And I just, I think that that's, I think that that is a possible ask, you know? I think. I don't think you can have the Wheel of Time without Mogidian in it. Yes. I think she is a, like, a needed 
Forsaken in the story. Mm-hmm. I agree. I feel like if they if they pulled her, it was it would be a huge mistake. Like huge mistake. Huge. <laughs> huge. <laughs> no, I I I think it's I think it's a fair bet. We're gonna see her. I'm really excited to see the casting. It's just gonna be fun. Yeah. Yep. I agree. I agree. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I would oh man, yeah. There's there's so much we could just like talk about for her. So much. Well, was there anything else that you wanted to I don't really think so. No, I think we've talked about the majority of the only note that I made is like uh with a queen and the quendiart moment. That was the part that made me think that Mogidian liked her luxury goods. Like there was even kind of a little note about it in one of the things that I was reading that like Mogidian, it's suspected that Mogidian knew about that because she liked the finer things in life. And I'm like, I bet you did. I bet you did. But that's about it. Hmm. All right. Well. I hate to say goodbye to a Mogidian episode, but... I know. <laughs> you know what the good thing is? Is, like, Fires of Heaven is our next book, and that is a lot of Mogidian. Like... Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I want to hear from I want to hear from people if they like Mogidian as much as I do, because I feel like she is a Forsaken that most people are just kind of like, meh on yes you know i totally was i totally was like i mean we we haven't talked about so many things we haven't talked about her landron episode her posing as a servant so she could like be aware of like what the black eyes were doing like she Mm -hmm. is all over the place in this series and in book five she like she hits the page hard and i think it's really good oh my gosh there's so much that happens in fires in heaven Well, let's wrap it up there. And <laughs> good with that. <laughs> thanks for listening. Thanks mm-hmm. for sticking with us through this episode. Mm-hmm. Like and subscribe to the YouTube channel mm-hmm. if you like these one hundred and one style episodes. And if you are a patron, make sure that you are checking in with us because we do have patrons' choice episodes, roughly about once a month. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. Tell us what you want us to talk about. I'll leave it at that. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us. We will continue to release new episodes every Wednesday. We would love if you would subscribe to the podcast, leave us reviews, and share us with your friends in the Wheel of Time community. Let us know what you thought of our content. Correct us. Send us things we may have missed. You can find links to our email and social media accounts in the show notes. And if you have the Anchor app, leave a voice message for us to play in upcoming episodes. We also have a website where you can find links to our Discord channel, social media platforms, and merch shop. So until next week, thanks for joining us on the road to Tarvalin.